0: Welcome to Reconstructed Faith, a podcast where we talk about truth you can build your life on. We hope to dive into the hard conversations of life and faith and seek out reasonable, substantive answers. My name is Colson Lechner, and I'm joined by Chris Sherrod and Chris Legg. This is Reconstructed Faith. Welcome to the Reconstructed Faith podcast. My name is Colson Lechner. Alongside me today are uh, Chris Legg and Chris Sherrod. And uh, today we are talking about weariness and tiredness when it comes to your faith. Are you yawning over there, Chris Legg? Dude,
1: you yeah. yawned all through that last episode, so don't. Uh, I did not. Listen. Hey, everybody, go back and listen to the theories <laughs> of truth and see if you can hear. I think I did hear Colson yawning in the.
0: Uh, well, you didn't make me. He was you didn't asleep. make me tired. <laughs> you guys didn't make me tired.
1: I wasn't taking any responsibility for
0: that. Okay, good. I just wanted to make I wanted to make that clear. <laughs> that Speaking was a
1: pot calling the kettle black. Sorry, that was the. Uh,
0: no, you're totally fine. Out. Weariness and tiredness. <laughs> Speaking of why are we why are we ta- why are we talking about this?
1: Uh, all right, so man, it came up in our last one of our last conversations. This idea that people are kind of worn out. What do you, What were you, Chris? You were saying something about that. What are you thinking about? Well.
2: That? for some of the people that you're hearing are deconstructing their faith more what we would call celebrity Christians. Like I was talking about Kevin Max Smith of DC talk fame. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just asking what were his reasons? And as, as Colson and I, you know, have a, a gal that we know who wrote a book on her faith being deconstructed. And it was mainly, I felt like uh, her being immersed in an environment that was very much the opposite of what she'd been raised but I just wonder, I guess my thought was how many Christians, their deconstruction is either them just feeling overwhelmed, like the pressure is so hard to always all the time, um, you know, take a stand or or resist compromise mm, or whatever. Kind of
0: being on the defensive. Yeah, and no, or
2: no. In a, in, is it just because we're getting tired? Like mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, this it's easier just to give in and mm-hmm. um, to go with it. Um, and just in my mind, just go, but I know in my heart, I believe that it's, mm-hmm. I believe something different or is it, I don't know. That's just what I was talking about. Cause it is, it is tiring, especially to feel like you're going uphill all the time. Or, um, I don't want to be the, the martyr or like we're not always under attack, Right. right. but mm-hmm. yeah, no, certainly not. But it is something where I feel more and more like, um, the basic assumptions that we all held were like, wait, wait, we're jettisoning mm. that one now too. Like we don't believe that anymore. Right. Mm. So I just wonder how many people just either are fearful, um, or just the price tag is too high. Yeah. I was just throwing at her. What are, what are well, the options? Well, I think
0: yeah, why? and I think that's maybe it's not something that at least I fully realize in my community because of where I live. But there are probably people even within our country who are experiencing lack of social capital or whatever, or just like mm-hmm. being kicked out of friend groups. And that can be, that can just be taxing and tiring too, of like, I feel lonely. I feel, you know, disconnected. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that can make people tired too.
2: And just resisting sin in your own life. Yeah. <laughs> True that. <It's> <laughs> True that. If you're trying to stand for, for, you know, these values, but at the same time you're like, but I struggle too. Like yeah. I'm, I'm pressured to give in. And I think that's, what's, happened to a lot of young people that I know. I just feel like they, they're they just tired of having to, I don't know, always fight it or I don't know.
1: Uh, so, yeah, there's a – when we talked about, and we talked about a few weeks ago, our definitions of faith and how mine is psychologically rooted, and we talked about uh, even afterwards how probably our definitions actually aren't really different um, as far as you know me describing what the psychological state – the, of faith or belief or conviction or whatever, being convinced of something. But, but if it, especially if it is a psychological state to the degree that that's our role in it, it, it you can get tired of that. I mean, you can get exhausted of having to defend something or stand by something. Or I think weariness, <coughs> when I do marriage counseling, I will, I run into the difference between someone who's angry or hurt or betrayed. And I always feel like, okay, we can, we can make headway with this. But if what they seem to be feeling is weariness, I, I get very worried very quickly. If someone's just, they're just tired of fighting, it's just, I'm is that, Is that
0: what the, your definition of weariness is? It's just like spent? or yeah, I'm spent. I'm just done.
1: I'm just mm-hmm. done. I just don't, I don't have anything left to invest. And weariness often comes just from being hassled. And so very often when we're weary, we either feel like we need to lash out or we feel like we need to lash out to protect ourselves, but as Christians, we're not supposed to lash out. And so it's like, this person's telling me I'm not loving them because I don't agree with them on something, and I'm tired of trying to defend that I love them in a definition they just are unwilling to accept. It kind of reminds me of, um, if you if you ever listen to uh, William Lane Craig's um, Defenders podcast or Reasonable Faith podcast, both excellent podcasts, and and they keep coming back to, these the atheist arguments that they have in conversations with people about the question, um, why is there something rather than nothing, and and every time they do, the other person comes out and says, "Well, I mean, when when you're talking about nothing, what you're talking about are tiny particles and energy sources right. get, gathering around the universe." And I mean, you could just see Doctor Craig putting his head in his hands every time, like, "Well, that then that that would that not would be nothing. I mean, that something. that would be something. No, right. why is there?" Why is there something rather than nothing? This is a philosophical question. It's a thought experiment. Why is there something rather than nothing? seems like, statistically speaking, what there should be is nothing. Where where did something come from? Why does it exist? Why wouldn't... And I'm telling you, time after time, people will say, well, it depends kind of how you define nothing. And you you can hear him now, even on the podcast, slapping his forehead going, what do you mean how you define nothing? Like if I say I'm walking down the hall, how many people did you see? No one. So how many people did I see?
0: Well, one.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, a little one. <laughs> did you see a little person? Like I saw no one. It is a complete negation. To hear the poor man try right. to define this is, is even humorous. Like um, yeah, I mean I mean there's no things. No no things, not not anything. So so will these these, you know, pre existent light like nope, no, see that would be something. And I, I get that. You eventually you just got weary right. of okay, listen. I, I give. I'm just not gonna talk with you about it anymore. Fine, you win. Now now Dr. Craig will never, never, never do that on this topic, but but that's I think people are experiencing that emotion. It's costing me, and we talked about social capital. It's costing me capital. It's costing me literal money. It's costing mm-hmm. me um, you know, a friend who published a paper at a seminary and got a failing grade on it because in his very honest I read it, very honest, very appropriate explanation of a hebrew word it's applied in the old testament to homosexuality and so his professor said your paper is unnecessarily bigoted so f and it's all he did was a word study and there's nothing i mean there's absolutely nothing biblically unsound about his argument if if the professor was to say wow i really think the bible is bigoted fine i mean don't fail him that's not his fault he's so it, it and so i feel like this kind of stuff is happening. And at what point do you go, do people say, Oh my gosh, I'm just tired of talking about it. I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of So I give up. And I, I think a lot of Christians are dealing with that because they're hearing about it at every turn. You turn on the turn on something. Um, and I don't, you know, issues of, of transgender issues are are not one of my main areas of focus. It's not one of my main concerns in regards to stuff. I don't know where I stand on some of those issues. Morally, or from an application perspective, um, uh, that's a whole different complex conversation for a therapist, especially. But I mean, this morning, my kids watching a cartoon, and uh, and it's it's a a group of you know little animated little baby figures, and they're going to have a Cinderella party, and so they're going to have a, a a ball, and the one of the little boys is all bummed because all the little girls are going to wear dresses, and all the boys are going to wear suits, and this one little boy wants to wear a dress. So they, his very his fairy godmother, father, I don't know fairy god whatever, makes him a dress and then hides him. And at the end of the cartoon, they realize we should throw away that rule book. There should be no rule book about what people wear when they. And I'm like, oh my gosh! I mean, it. It, I, no matter how I feel about it, I'm just like, what do I do with this again? Mm-hmm. How do I talk about this again? It's, it's just a constant messaging. That it gets, I think people get weary about. Yeah. Anyway.
2: But again, I think what what can encourage you is if you do reconstruct your faith, or if we are helpful in that, in yeah. giving you tools to respond or to be to think, even to talk yourself back into things. Yes. Like, right. Okay. So why do I believe there is a God, or what? Why? Why did I disagree with that, or what is my basis of truth, or whatever it is that can be encouraging? And I think it's amazing the number of people who actually don't think very deeply.
1: Right, right. Like
2: you ask, what's the best, what do you think is the best explanation for the universe coming into existence from nothing? Right. And they're just like, ah, I mean, I don't know, it could, or is it really that important? You're like, no, it's <laughs> right. really important. Yeah, this like, this how is an important answer. question. Yes. Right, but they just don't see it because I think we're so caught up in, um, I just want to live my life, or I just want to be happier. I just want, and it's that radical autonomy mm. that, that I just want. It's like we said before, that I feel like in the 80s and 90s, People really dealt with. I want to know evidence for God, Jesus, the Bible, creation, and now it's the kind of God I don't like, or I don't like the Bible isn't agreeing with what I want, or right. it's, it might be, but it's it's like we're 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 not seeing that the um what am I thinking of the you uh, believe you're two different people or you go back and the forth, dissonant, multiple personality oh, or bipolar yeah, or yeah multiple personality what's it just called though.
1: Dissociative identity disorder is the name of it. Okay,
2: there's a simpler word. uh, (laughs) Dichotomy? No, that's even too complex. Anyways, (laughs) that people want (laughs) to live as if there's purpose, as if there's meaning, as if uh, I have, you know, something Mm -hmm. that that there's a reason to live. But then at the same time, I want to reject the basis of there being a meaning. And I want to say that everyone decides for themselves. But you have to agree with me. It's like right. everything is just so they're just not thinking clearly, and it just gets muddled um, in in uh, their thinking. I just I don't know. I just feel like people aren't I don't know. They're just not thinking. Yeah. they don't want to think because it leads to bigger questions that they might have to then be accountable or they might have to.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get overly spiritual so so quickly in all this because I'm sure at some point we'll talk about the invisible creation, but. Mm-hmm. Um, C. S. Lewis's book Screwtape Letters revealed a lot of these for me, a lot of these internal processes that I had that I didn't realize I was having. And he you know, he puts them in the mouth of a demon, screw tape. And he rep- well, what you thought of the I word? Just,
2: schizophrenic. That's the word. <laughs> sorry. It just came to my brain all of a sudden. Of sorry. Course. That's the, the therapist it's in me.
1: So schizophrenia is not technically. Sorry. It's just what came to <laughs> my head. Like where you're 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 back and forth. Anyway, yes. you're right. You're
0: right. Um, we'll um wait to the schizophrenia episode. That's exactly where that right. we get to the schizophrenia okay, episode. Okay, screw tape um,
1: letters. Um, um, so in screw tape letters, he he talks there's a great well, I think it may be letter one or letter two in it. But the, the older Demon Screw Tape references that that there's like an old college professor or something who's sitting outside of the garden and he's looking and he's you know Screw Tape says I, I noticed that his thoughts were starting to run in a strange direction. Now keep in mind, C.S. Lewis is not trying to write a theology book in Screw Tape letters. It's fiction. Right. It's way more uh, it's it's way more psychology than it is religion in a lot of places, and this is one of them I think. But he says he says so I see his thoughts kind of running in an, in an unsafe direction. And he's starting to ask the big questions. And he says, you know, Screwtape is like, the big questions are always on God's side. They're never on our side. Anytime somebody's even thinking about, what's the purpose of life and why am I here? And what's the nature of truth? He's like, Screwtape says, those never serve us being a demon. He says, they always serve the enemy. And so he said, I could have tried to jump in and argue with him. But as a demon, I never want to argue with him because argument always works towards God's perspective. And I even wonder if that's why they moved away from the I need evidence. Because yeah. then they got it, and it's like, oh, well, then I don't need evidence. Right. I, I don't want evidence. I don't need – he said so, – so the demon says that the, the man was thinking, man, these are such important questions, such important questions. He said, rather than argue with him, what I put the thought I put in his head was, yes, much too important to think about on an empty stomach. Yep. And so – So brilliant. <laughs> like, uh. So – it's he good. thought that's a good point. I need to, you know, yeah, much too important to have on an empty stomach. I need to go get lunch, and then I'll come back and ponder these things. And while at lunch, he notices the absurdity of the woman sitting next to him here, and the reality of the the right. And by right. the time he came back, he wasn't thinking about that anymore. And mm-hmm. and I think that's it. I think I think there is a. You remember, um, isn't it Brave New World that there's constant noise and constant sound? Is that Brave New World, Aldous Huxley? I there's mean, always piped sexy. in, piped in music and piped in sound and piped a, in news.
2: There's always so much. And the guy
1: yeah. says, uh, "The guy says, how do you, how do you ever think about God? Mm-hmm. And and because if you don't ever think about, if you, let's see, if you can't stop and think in silence, you probably never think about death. And if you never think about death, how do you think about God? Right. And it's like there's this, there's this line of thinking of, man, if we're just distracted all the time. And we never stop and think. We never stop and ponder. We're just on to the new thing, and that does seem to certainly be true of our culture. I don't. I don't. Again, I'm. I'm not saying I'm trying to place that on, you know, some kind of demonic power. But it, it certainly works against us that we're always jumping and jumping. We skip across the top like a, a rock on water rather than diving deep. And, well, and we literally have so many things that can distract us anyway. Oh
2: my god! Like trying to get to my. Um, it's like, I'm going to look something up on YouTube related to like a talk or something. And by the time I'm there Nine, and I watch all these things, I'm like, why was I even here? <laughs> but even like, you know, <laughs> open up my phone in the morning to go to this Devo thing that I collect. There's, there's, oh, let me just see if anybody posted on our family group me or if anyone, and I'm immediately, yep. not with bad things, but there's so mm-hmm, many more things out there. Yeah. We're, like we're going through, like, like I said before, Ecclesiastes with the young professionals and um there's just so many things that you can try. Yes. That, okay, that didn't work. I'll try this. And it's like, there's nothing new under the sun, but there's so many other, you know, options or ways. Yes. That to, to end up with his same conclusion of that was meaningless or a breath mm-hmm. or a vapor. Right. Is going to take you a whole lot longer, I feel like, because you really can just get busy. And
0: Yeah, very true. Well, I guess... My my question then is if any of our listeners are feeling weary or tired or know someone who is feeling weary and tired in their faith because of x y or z what would right. be your encouragement for them or here practically I mean
1: man from pure practicality I would give a couple of things one is um find a way to get together with some like-minded people and, and enjoy that time. Have some fun with some people who are staying, are a part of your Christian community. And I mean that purely practically. It's just as humans, we're also pack animals and we, we are so refreshed by one another. And when we get to discuss these things among other believers, and that's certainly, now I'm a, I'm a very relational person. And so that's a big one for me that I have, uh, you know, as crazy as it sounds, it's like, Something that something that helps feed my faith is a monthly poker night with guys. Like that doesn't sound like the kind of thing you would think some people go. That's that's what feeds your faith. Like it's it's one of them. It is just a great relieving. Um, what our good friend John Redfern calls me- "meaningless time with meaningful people," mm-hmm. and um, that is a great encouragement. And I think that's very biblical, by the way. That we're, one of the main places we find encouragement is from one another. Um, and related to that
2: too, if you're not surrounding yourself with truth. In other words, if you, if I only read right. articles about the dangers of driving a car, and all I did all day long is see videos of car accidents, and I listened in on the police, you know, whatever, <laughs> right. and and I just I only surrounded myself with people who had been in terrible accidents. I, of course, would be afraid of driving, right. and I would think it's terrible because that's all I'm surrounding myself with. And it's the same thing if people, if you're surrounding yourself with this view of um, sex or marriage or what gives you meaning? Like, if, if you're only surrounded—and this goes back to even our conversation on truth. Paul said in 2 Timothy um, 4 that the time will come when people won't put up with sound doctrine, right. healthy doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Right. And so it's what I want to hear. I'm just surrounding myself with that. And so even this girl that we've talked about that that walked away from or deconstructed her faith— I just wonder, what was that environment that you were in feeding your faith, or was it always, always, always questioning your faith? And if you weren't strong enough, if it was a straw man fate that we've been talking about, then of course it collapsed, but what collapsed was your your false view of what Christianity is. And I think related to this, too, even going back to this gal, in her... um, there's so much related to what we've talked about. What she talked about there is that really resonated with me when somebody would say something like that was her standard, like, Oh, that made that really deep, deep down inside that resonated. So is that your standard of truth? But also um, I just wonder, have you experienced a real relationship with the creator of the universe that gives you purpose and hope and meaning and, and deliverance and salvation from my sins and um, you know, this, hope that goes beyond that, that I'm like, I want you to have that too Mm -hmm. rather than, but are you happy right now in your little lifestyle? And I think that's where I just go, but what do you think you have? Cause in it, she was saying like, I was the one who was blind. I was the one who was dead. I was the one who needed their eyes open. And it was like, uh, that, that means you didn't, I don't think you really knew. I would never describe that if my relationship with the creator of the universe as dead, you know, blind, whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, I have something that's amazing. And because I love you, I don't want you to just settle for this stuff. I want you to right. experience even more, or know this hope or this purpose mm-hmm. that goes beyond the little stuff that you're falling for. So part of it just goes back to being excited about something energizes you and gives you perseverance. You know what I mean? Like I think mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it makes you want to go on. Cause you're like, I really am excited about this. Whereas if it's mm-hmm. not that exciting, it's like, What's what's the point? I heard this from someone else on another podcast talking about Pilgrim's Progress, and it's interesting. So every and what you have to remember is Pilgrim's Progress, the whole thing is this big allegory. So everything that he wrote stands for something. It symbolizes something. So this guy pointed out that along the journey that Christian makes, and I forget exactly who his companion was it at this point, they met atheists. So what I love it is when it helps you know exactly who this person is. Because yeah, exactly. so their name is Atheists or <laughs> right. worldly wise men, but yeah. atheists actually didn't cause their faith to waver at all. Like it wasn't they weren't like, oh my goodness, let me stop and listen to everything you have to say, and now I'm not sure. Right. What what got them into trouble was at some point along the journey, they the road was seeming to wind really long, and and I think it was actually Christian said, I I think this is a shortcut. Let's cut through this field. So they, they climbed a fence, and they were cutting through a field, and it led to, I think there was a storm, and they had to take shelter, and they fell asleep. But what they had done is they had wandered onto um, the land of the property owned by the giant named Despair. Yep. And Despair took them captive, and Despair then took them and imprisoned them in Doubting Castle. Yep. And it's while they were there that all of these things come out like all of these woes and like we should just die now because it gives them the option. Like you guys, if you want to just finish yourself off, you can. And they're going through all of these was, was this whole journey in vain, you know, all of these things. So the interesting thing is what is, we're talking about people giving up or people wanting to just not keep trying. It really is true that life. And again, this is what the Bible promises that you will have trouble in this world and we are in need of perseverance. And it uses that word, Run the race with endurance, and you need steadfastness. And like, there's a reason for that. And what gets us a lot of times is not outright atheism, because like, no, 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 I don't, I know that there's a God, but it's I just despair right now. That was a rough day, or a rough year, or years. Yeah, and I want to give in, and so then you get caught up in doubting castle, where you're like, is this even worth it? And of course, Satan loves despair and yes, because remember
1: what we've talked about is doubt itself is not. The enemy. No, it's great. Being, feeling hopeless in the midst of it is what gets, mm-hmm. is what gets so tough. Yeah. Feeling hopeless in the midst of it. And weariness is, I think is connected to that when people feel the despair and the weariness and actually I would say the other one, the other thing practically that helps me is, is getting time away from distractions mm-hmm. and, and that may not be the best thing for someone who's in the midst of depression that they, they need to be around people first. But and when I, when I get off by myself just me and God and we're just sitting and hanging out and doing whatever sipping coffee or whatever I just sitting and listening is to him and hearing what just just listening and and talking about what's on my heart those are the things that really build a sense for me of confidence as well that builds back into me a sense of strength mm-hmm. I also don't think so I will tell you I don't I don't think it's wrong to ask God to help you in a time like that I don't I don't think that's like putting God to some kind of weird test to say you know God, I'm I'm pretty worn out here. If you could send something or someone, do you know what I need to encourage me? Could you send me that, send that my way? Um, and that may be who knows what that is. Only God yep. knows what that is. And God think, knows you best.
2: But that's what so many of the psalms are about. They're so yep. great, where he's not afraid to say why, where are you? Um in most of the psalms that are like that, it's a very honest, raw, yes, almost make you uncomfortable raw. Like, oh, my goodness, David's asking, he's, you know, claiming this isn't fair. And so there's an honest expression of feelings. But what I like is, for the most part, all of the Psalms land back on truth somewhere. Like, but this is what I know. Like, I've got done expressing how I feel. Right. But then they're going to land on, but here's what I know, either about God or I'm thinking back to what God has done. And it's like they're reminding themselves. And I would even say, you see Jesus doing what you just said, Chris, of solitude and I, I heard a guy explain one time the difference between isolation versus solitude. Mm-hmm. And he said, isolation is putting yourself in a box, whereas solitude is putting your distractions in a box. Um, I, I thought that was helpful, at least to yeah. think, like, I'm yep. not going to be distracted. I'm not just going to put myself in a box and have no other outside, but I'm going to purposely get rid of the things that are distracting me. Yep, And that's right. Even with Jesus' ministry, he would tell his disciples, like, Let's, we need to get away, like come away with me to a desolate place. And um, then his ministry flowed out of
1: his time of solitude. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I would say those are the kind of things that help you, help encourage you. Remember that um, religiously things aren't, aren't the only things that come from God. So what encourages you? A good book, a great song, um, a beautiful sunset, a walk in the park, playing with your puppies. Like those are all from God. All those things that lift us up are from God. And so, um, you know, being with your friends, loving your spouse, serving somebody, going and exercising and sweating hard, like those are those are all good things. God has given those things to us. I think in the church world, sometimes we accidentally communicate. If if you're not if it's not at church done, you know, in the name of a church event, then it, it must not be from God. And all things are bad. If you're having fun, you're probably in the middle of sin is I think too often the idea that's taught instead of man we have a god who loves us and wants us to have an abundant life and has an abundant life for us even that may involve hardships and suffering and so it's not a that's not that's not one thing so listening to for me also another one is listening to a great uh, either a great speech or a great sermon or a great comedian or a great great music or that kind of stuff those the power of words to encourage me and uplift me is a huge one for me so a great podcast <laughs> If you know any of any of those, yeah. Sorry, no Co- help here.
0: comment. If you know a great podcast, <laughs> yeah. please, we'll put listen. The, please put the link. We'll listen to.
2: But you mentioned <laughs> being religious. I think that is part of the problem. Is that we think that, um, if we're being good Christians, we can't be depressed or sad or question yes. things. So we got to put on this front, like, "We're I'm I'm good. I'm okay. I'm really okay." And the most helpful thing you can do is actually say, "Hey, I'm struggling." Like like to be honest with someone to say, I really need this or to, can we together talk about, and again, I love, I think that this church is one of the, you know, leaders in the area of like your, your, your Wednesday night life group of come ask questions. Yes, absolutely. Like, please come and ask questions. Like, let's talk this through. Don't feel like you have to hide them or pretend that they're not there because they're there. So you can either address them or not address them, but let's talk about it.
1: Right there with you.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconstructed Faith. If you enjoyed what you heard or were challenged, please leave us a review. It'll help other people find us. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to hear discussed, shoot me an email at info at southspring.org. Reconstructed Faith is a resource of South Spring Baptist Church. Our transitional music on this episode was Revolution by Ellie Legg. Remember, Don't give up. Trust God. Search for answers.